0: Mm -hmm. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Uh, It is 10 a.m. It's a little after 10. You're listening to This American Podcast, Comedy Edition. I'm Tony Visek, coming to you from ComedySchoolsRadio.com. We are um, excited. We are thrilled. We are humbled to have in studio a man who is a part of a... now a legendary TV show, *Flight to the Concords. Reese Darby, Reese, welcome.
1: Hello, thank you.
0: Well, and uh, um, we're just glad you're here, man. I mean, when I talk to Rick uh, Bronson, who owns, oddly enough, Rick Bronson owns Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. I don't know, and we've there's there's still <laughs> oh, a, that's his. There's a debate, right? Okay, and Rick will not answer as to whether. Uh, he was driving up the road in Scottsdale and saw a place called Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. and went, I have to buy that. Yeah. Or if he named the place? <laughs> okay. uh, you were there Thursday through Sunday?
1: <clears throat> yes.
0: Well, Friday through Sunday now.
1: Yep. Yeah. If you were hoping to see me on Thursday, you've missed it.
0: Yes. Is this your first time in Phoenix?
1: I thought it was. But a fan last night told me I had been here about two years ago, possibly uh, 2012. Um, I had no recollection of it.
0: Is it, is this a lifestyle choice on your end, or do you, do you have a lot of that in your life? Where you go, I have no idea.
1: Um, I guess a little bit. Uh, as as a comedian, we um, we travel a lot, and I'm not going to say it, it all starts to look the same. But you know, sometimes it is a bit of an in and out situation. You're only here for one or two nights, and uh, you move on. And I'm going to say it. You know, it all looks the same.
0: It begins, it does begin to, uh, there was an old Simon, In the evening. Yeah. <laughs> about, <laughs> With some drinks. About three o'clock in the morning, it you all know, looks the yeah. same. Yeah. There was an old Simon and Garfunkel song called Homeward Bound. Where each town seems the same to me, the movies and the factories. So I remember when I was a kid, like 12 years old, going, that sounds like a really cool life. And then I toured for like 15 years and it was literally that, how do I get off this train? Wow, yeah. Sort of thing. Um, you are originally from... Um, uh, Tasmania, is that correct?
1: No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but my wife went to school there.
0: In Tasmania? Yeah. You know who the most famous uh, Tasmanian is of all time?
1: Uh, the Tasmanian devil from
0: Warner Brothers? Errol Flynn. What? Errol Flynn was Tasmanian. You are kidding me. You didn't know really? that? No. See, not only do we laugh here, we learn.
1: Wow, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he, he's he had a life, that guy.
0: He did have a life. He did it up...
1: Makes sense. He, he came from Tasmania. He
0: burnt it at both ends. Uh, a lot of people
1: think I'm like a, a young Errol Flynn.
0: Do they think that? Yeah,
1: I've okay. had. I've, well, no one's said it, but I've sort of I've hinted at it.
0: Have they defined the terms young and Errol Flynn? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you kind of got that rakish kind of thing. You actually do. You got his jawline. You got his hair.
1: There you go. You are. You're a big Errol. I Flynn. hint at it, and people go, "Yeah,"
0: but you're not Tasmanian.
1: No, I'm. I'm not. I'm not Australian at all. Um, you are from very, as everyone knows from from New Zealand.
0: That's the first thing they say when that's, they say yeah. your name.
1: As soon as I talk,
0: they say New Zealander. Yeah, East Darby. I yeah. think that's actually part of your first name.
1: It is. I've kind of you know i've I've put the flag up. I'm the kind of I'm sort of you know the ambassador.
0: Do you you probably you're, you're probably highly aware of the fact that most people in America have no idea that New Zealand and Australia are two separate places. Yeah, we kind of think. That New Zealand is maybe like a neighborhood in Australia. That's right. But they're actually two separate. They're two separate bodies of land.
1: I think. I think the hint is the two separate names. We should start with that. You know, like Australia, and yeah. then there's a completely separate name, New Zealand. So you would look at that and go, okay. So okay. So we're talking about two different places.
0: There's people in this... <laughs> There's people in this country to think that New Mexico is part of Mexico right right go, that's the newer part of Mexico, right? Yeah, okay. So, uh, I can
1: see how they can yeah. And really, it's based on we sound the same and we, you know we're from that, that part of the world. but yeah, that you know, one of my jobs as, as New Zealand's uh, unofficial ambassador is, is really is to promote the fact that we are our own separate country. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what are some misconceptions that we as Americans have about look we kind of here's what we know about Australia we know uh, uh, we know uh, Steve Irwin didn't mm-hmm. end up well yeah okay? and we know the Crocodile Dundee and yeah. that's a knife yeah you know uh, we don't know a lot more besides that Errol kangaroos, Flynn kangaroos Errol Flynn's, yeah. yeah Errol that's
1: a new one that's yeah. only just come out that yeah. news
0: but then we know nothing about New Zealand uh, mm. we know new Lord Zealand, of the Rings you know Lord of the Rings yeah yep. I think Kiwi
1: yeah, kiwi. Uh, the bird, not the fruit. That's another one because they call you know, the the fruit kiwi. You know, you heard of that one. Are you calling me a name? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people think that we're named after the fruit, but yes. it's it's a bird. It's a bird. Uh, yeah, it's a flightless bird. It's nocturnal. No one's ever seen it, but it's our national Sounds emblem. Sounds like Errol
0: Flynn. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I became enamored of New Zealand uh, a few decades ago when I was going through a uh, child custody situation. That worked out well for me, uh-huh. but at the time, someone had uh, taken flight, an American uh, couple or mother or father had taken flight to New Zealand where they could not be extradited as they worked out this child custody thing. Oh. And um, I said one time, I go, if this doesn't go my way, I'm taking my kid we're headed to New Zealand. Yeah, right. And then people look at me and I go, how bad can it be? So, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I they got houses and toilets, right? I mean, I don't really... Yeah. yeah.
1: It's, you know, it's... Uh, that's another... Um, misconception is that it's some some tropical island that's uh, where everyone wears grass skirts
0: I see the bridge over the river Kwai, I see Alec Guinness, I see right, you know I see hut, thatched huts that's, that was Japan yeah <laughs> yeah, but they were on an island, in the right, oh in yeah. Japan. Yeah, yeah they weren't in Japan proper in that movie they weren't? no, they weren't, they were on an island somewhere,
1: where well, it was probably filmed in LA, right
0: yeah, I think it was filmed uh, where your house now is,
1: oh okay, yeah
0: because you uh you didn't remain in New Zealand you moved on
1: yeah i think and um most of us do it's it, we're so isolated down there in the south pacific you know next stop is literally antarctica and so we think what's the rest of the world doing we've got a where's all this uh television and film coming from all this music we you know we we we've got a little bit of our, of it ourselves and we're proud yeah. of that but for the most part we're swamped by everything from you know the uk the states and and europe and so we um we want to go and explore it so we all leave and we generally do what we call the oe oe overseas experience Ah. and uh, you know most kiwis are away for about a two-year period and Mm -hmm. and we work in bars and things um particularly in the uk We, we normally head for London first and I lived there for eight years and then that was my sort of gateway into Europe and other parts and and because of my comedy it took me to other places in the world and I was lucky enough to um, work in America and, and now I've seen uh, probably I don't know five percent of this massive place um, but yeah and 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 what it is is we kind of we realize while we're away how lucky we've got it back at home and how beautiful New Zealand is and how, and how uh, peaceful it is and laid back and, and, you know, but we also see the things that are wrong with it as well. So we, we come home, we try and repair those things, but it's pretty hard.
0: So you're kind of, um, so what you're saying is that most uh, people in New Zealand when they're young, mm. they go off in their OE, mm. and, but then eventually you return home. Yeah. Kind of like the Amish.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. We're pretty much like that. And well, I think <laughs> when we're in our twenties, we head off, and I have been. I have returned home, uh-huh. and then I went. You know what? Uh, I'm, I'm heading yet. off again. Yeah. So I, I left again, and and uh, I was lucky enough to my, the family and I with green cards, we can work in the states, and so we're we're going to stay here for a while and are see how it pans out. Yeah, I have I have a wife and two children.
0: How old are your kids? Nine and five. Nine and five. Actually, And now you. Uh, uh, I want to get into how you started, how someone is in New Zealand and then reaches the level of success that you've reached. You've, you've had a good amount of success, but you now live in Los Angeles. What part? Uh,
1: Studio City.
0: Studio, I know Studio City well. Um, and my favorite restaurant there just closed. It was uh, the Good Earth Restaurant. Oh, was uh, right, um, uh, I can't remember the exact corner. But uh, right in that, that whole area where the restaurants are near Laurel Canyon. Yeah, right. That whole little stretch right there where California Pizza Kitchen is. Yeah, I know what all you that. mean. Oh, yeah. okay. Because well, I, I lived in Chatsworth for many years. Oh, okay. And, um, and uh, I also lived in Van Nuys. So you like Studio City?
1: Yeah, I do. It's, it's, it's a friendly neighborhood where we can walk the children to school and stuff. We wanted to sure. be in a place where we didn't have to be in the car the whole time because L.A. is very much, you know, you've got to have a car. You can be in a car all day if you're not careful.
0: Absolutely. A lot of people, when they think of Los Angeles, they, they have, just like New Zealand, they have one concept, but Studio City is actually a great neighborhood where you can raise children in a, in a, a yeah. pretty wholesome, friendly environment. A lot of my friends still live there. A director friend of mine raised his daughter there, you know, uh, right around the corner from uh, uh, the restaurant I'm talking about. So you're enjoying studios, and you're also close to CBS Radford.
1: Yeah, that's right. So if if there's and I have had the odd job there, and uh, something comes up, you know, I can I can just walk to work. So that's that's the dream. Although it would have to, you know, th- the show would have to be decent, and that's that's difficult these days. <laughs> 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 Finding the right comedy. Comedy's hard when it, you know, when you're if, more, if scripted so, comedy. If
0: some if some ham-fisted producer came to you, yeah, he goes, here's what we're looking for, Reese, and yeah. don't don't say yes till I'm done talking. <laughs> yeah. The new Benny Hill. Uh huh. You'll have to shave your head. Oh. But the I'm the guy
1: that gets pat on the head. Why can't I be the <laughs> Benny Hill character?
0: You're gonna well, yeah, we need do a ball. I'm in, is it close to home? <laughs> it's right down the street. The money will be good someday.
1: Will it be broadcast?
0: Most of the time.
1: Alright, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I drop the kids off and walk over (laughs) you were. (laughs) i'm at that point in my life now
0: you were part of uh uh, what is uh, uh, not only was it popular to say kind of a cult hit in its time but grown in popularity flight of the concords how did that come about
1: well uh the group flight of the concords that's brett and jermaine and their guitars and other instruments Uh, They were around a few years before the show, Mm -hmm. uh, before the TV show. So they performed in various festivals, including the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Um, I was performing there as well at the time. And so, yeah, we kind of became friends because we helped each other out with um, uh, flyering and, and supporting each other's shows and then a chap from the bbc came over he wanted to make a a radio pilot uh with with the the two guys jermaine asked if i would like to play the part of a band manager uh, just for a, a bit of a lark and we improvised this um this episode a pilot episode with their music in it and and some interviews and 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 things where i i just talked to the band as as a um as a manager that was really inept um, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't hard for me i had no idea what what it's like to be a band manager so um that worked out well um
0: was it based on anyone that you knew i mean how did you create the character The character
1: for me i guess yeah i i um i had done some service in the new zealand army so i had uh, some ideas with some authority figures that thought they knew more than what they really did uh, they they certainly came into my head and other um my mother was another influence uh playing her <laughs> and so I Does I, she know this? Um no. Okay. Um don't tell her. Uh and it sort of amalgamated into this uh this Murray Hewitt character that was he was sweet and innocent and naive um but also keen for something to happen and and uh, it became the blind leading the blind and that's that was the key to it, really, because um, even though I, my character was an absolute idiot, he was talking to two guys that knew even less.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that was the, that's how it worked. <laughs> you know. the epitome of entertainment. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we did the radio pilot, and then that... Turned into a series for the BBC on the radio it was quite a hit, um, and then they came to America and HBO picked them up for a TV series, sure. and then they they brought me across to play the role again.
0: Was that your first time in the United States when you came yes. over?
1: Yeah, yeah, for the pilot, went yeah. to New York, loved it, um, and then it, when it happened, couldn't believe it. So that was really the doors open, and that was goodbye to the UK for me because I'd been there for eight years. Although I did return after season one uh, for a bit longer, and then and then finally. Left that place. Um, the idea was to go home. I did go home to New Zealand, and then um, found that you know there was there wasn't enough really for me happening there. So I, I thought, well, I've got to take the advantage of this American thing. So I, I, I've come back.
0: So you know, I've I, I I've heard I know that uh, London has a, a pretty vibrant comedy scene. Yeah, stand-up comedy scene. Mm-hmm. Is that where you started initially? Is yeah, stand-up comedy.
1: I owe everything to the um, the British comedy scene absolutely i was performing every night of the week and there was 300 plus clubs in london itself and then uh, a string of comedy chains throughout the the british isles um so i was working a lot a lot of driving involved you know two three four hour drives to get to to gigs and drive back again and and just cash and envelopes money uh for gigs and so i was um and it's very expensive to live in london so but really that's where i got my chops up i was working every night and doing the same 20 minute set uh and then i'd up it to a different 20 every couple of months if i or if i returned to clubs that i was at and so i was on top of my game and that's how i became a great comedian was was thanks to to working there
0: Here's, a, here's an odd question. Um, you're from New Zealand. Yeah. And you moved to London. Mm-hmm. Is there, you know, like in the United States, there's a certain amount of, uh, if you're from the South and you go North, or if you're from the Northern part and you go down to the South, you ain't from here. Oh, yeah. There, there's a, a, um, a, a sort of prejudice. Is there that type of prejudice within the, uh, the, the United Kingdom and... Uh,
1: for me, and being a New Zealander. Yeah, a New
0: Zealander in London. Did you experience any of that?
1: Yeah, I did feel a little bit uh, like they um, appreciated me, certainly in the comedy clubs, and they let me go... As far as, you know, headlining clubs and things like that, and, and the festival, a, you know, the Edinburgh Fringe is a real, a real free-for-all, but it's, it's certainly very international. But in terms of getting to that next level of getting, uh, getting onto television, uh, acting, that side of things, I found there was a, definitely a block there that they wouldn't let me through for some reason or another. Um, and I felt I felt a little bit like it was f- because I was from a colony, and I, you know, they had a class system and stuff, and they didn't they didn't let me through. Uh, that's what I felt. It was all very well to laugh at me on a stage, but then <laughs> to give me some proper money and put a camera in my face, they go, oh, I don't, I don't think this guy's ready.
0: Were you ever in a restaurant? And they said, you know, your table will be ready in a moment, and they kept seating people before you. You sit there for hours. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Damn those people. <laughs>
0: So who's laughing now, though, huh? How long? <laughs> well, they're still laughing, but I'm laughing with them. Laughing, yeah, yeah, but they're paying to laugh. And you're being paid to make them laugh. Yeah, yeah. So you, now, how long have you been in the United States?
1: Uh, about two years.
0: About two years, and, mm. and uh, off and
1: on before then, but yeah, two years yeah. living there.
0: Are you on an extensive tour now, or did you just pop over from no, LA? No,
1: this is just uh, this is just a pop over situation. Um, I do sporadic gigs. Uh, in places, places I haven't been, or places I've been to that I can't remember, and
0: <laughs> obviously <laughs> I was there, baby, but I don't remember. Yeah, man, <laughs> that's the Errol Flynn in your soul.
1: Yeah, and this was a road trip, you know, from LA, so it was easy. It's, it's. Um, I did like. a your family over? Or did you come over? No, right? I just drove on my own. Just good to get away from the kids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I have next year. I've I've got a, a, a fair amount of tv work uh booked in so um i'm just getting these live the getting c- trying to keep the live stuff going as often as i can but it's certainly you know it's certainly not um i'm not as busy live as i used to be
0: are you working uh are you working in the showcase clubs in los angeles are you doing doing jackassians ha ha
1: no do you know the ha ha i've heard of it no. <laughs>
0: my name is Jack I own the Haha ha Cafe oh really I am passionate about comedy <laughs> passionate about comedy <laughs> he's a fascinating man you, sh- you should meet him so yeah are you doing any of the other I show? don't
1: I don't I should I've been told to do more gigs but I really for me uh, you know I'm just a father looking. My kids get home, and I make sure they're prepared for the next day, and then watch watch Netflix like everyone else.
0: Sure, it, it becomes a weird thing after a while to you know go. Well, you got a spot at eleven o'clock on yeah. Rose. You got a spot on Sunday. I don't see o'clock. the point
1: of it. They don't pay. So they I don't, don't pay, Why yeah. am I leaving the house? Yeah, you yeah and
0: you've already kind of got you've got a, you've got a career going. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I've known guys who have gone up and done midnight spots, and uh, I'm not. Gonna, I, I know a lot of people that own the clubs that are all friends of mine. But I've done midnight spots at a club, you know, in the Hollywood area for like twenty years, hoping to get something. And then all of a sudden one day, look, I'm go. I've never had a life. I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. Right. Yeah. I don't have a home. So uh, I like what you're doing, man. And we like that you came here. We um. Is there anything you have you ever worked for Rick before? For Rick Bronson? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah, he is a great guy.
1: Yeah, he's really nice. And I've done. I've done. I think I've done his other two clubs.
0: Yeah. Uh, they're in uh, here. I'll help you out. One's in Edmonton, which is another. That's not part of the United States.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've okay. done that one. That's in a big shopping mall in Edmonton. Yeah, and I think his other one's in a shopping mall too.
0: They are both in shopping malls. Yeah, one's he's in a, Minnesota.
1: I'm pretty big in shopping malls, as far <laughs> as I can tell.
0: You're a retail comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imported New Zealand comics now half off on aisle five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Uh, we have a uh, request, Uh-huh. okay? It's it's not a difficult request. I think it's something that you'll be able to uh, acquit yourself at admirably, okay? When we have people in on Fridays, I have a book here on the desk. Okay. Again, this book is Walt Disney's The Little Man of Disneyland. It is a little golden book classic, and we ask um, our favorite performers who come in to read one page... From the little man of Disneyland, will oh, you wow. do me the honors? Yeah, sure. Any page you want, if you okay. can read that now. This is this is a comedyschoolsradio.com tradition. Wow, and you, Reese Darby, will be the first furner to do it.
1: Okay, here we Kay. go.
0: <clears throat> Don't fuck up.
1: Okay. <laughs> and this is what you're planning to build when you root up my orange trees? He asked. Yes, said Mickey. That's our plan. Then go ahead, lads, if you can, said Patrick Bagora. The place is yours. There's just one little thing to ask. May I build a wee snug little house and and live there quietly
0: after you've finished this Disneyland? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was Reese Derby reading from The Little Man of Disneyland that was published originally in the year of our lord 1955 wow this is truly a classic this is almost like reading twelfth night or julius caesar
1: yeah okay that's right that's right any up great there.
0: authors from new zealand great playwrights um
1: well you know you've got the the chap that wrote that thing um
0: <laughs> i gotta go <laughs> well we're out of time Ladies and gentlemen, we urge you and we urge you strongly to pop uh, down to Rick Bronson's House of Comedy at 5350 East High Street. Mm -hmm. If you're taking the 101 North, it's between 56th and Tatum. Uh, You go over there. At one end, you got Blue Martini. At the other end, you got Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. It's an entire street dedicated to entertainment. Very cool. You can park your car, stroll, bring the wife, bring the kids, and have a great time. But then go into Rick Bronson's House of Comedy and see this very funny man. He's doing two shows tonight, two shows Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday. I believe the times are seven thirty and 10.
1: I think it's 7 seven and nine thirty. but, yeah, something well, here's, like what, that. here's
0: what we want you to do. Why don't you go to houseofcomedy.net, houseofcomedy.net. We had Rick in yesterday, uh, a truly funny man and a guy who really loves comics and has built a beautiful club. When you say it's a gorgeous club?
1: Very nice. That. Yeah, it just, all it needs is people.
0: It needs people. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I think I think tonight and tomorrow you're going to get people. I've got a, a good feeling about this. You have a following. As we've talked to people around town and told them you're going to be on the show, people know who you are. They're oh, cool. excited. You're a funny guy. We, uh, we're we going to pop down and try to check you out this weekend. House of Comedy.net. Reese Darby from Flight of the Concord. Sir, thank you for uh, making time for us uh, this Friday morning. No worries. We will be back in a couple of minutes. You listen to this American podcast, Comedy Edition, on ComedySchoolsRadio.com. I'm Tony Visick. We'll talk to you in a couple of moments. I see a writer and I want it into black. No colors
1: anymore, I want them to turn black.